to the Bader Show. I am Kyle Klingman. Mark Bader is out again today. He'll be back next week, but we have episode 297, and we are bringing on a four-time world silver medalist, women's wrestling pioneer, and one of the happiest and most positive people you will ever meet in your life. It's Shannon Williams Yancey. How are you, Shannon? I'm doing so great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this morning. I appreciate this. You're out in California. Tell us what you're doing. Just give us an update because you have a, a couple daughters that will no longer be in your home. What are they going to be doing? Yes. Yeah, so I have a daughter at UC Davis and then I have one going to Stanislaus State to play soccer and I'm a free woman. So I am starting a women's wrestling team in my area and I'm super excited to be back in the wrestling room coaching and taking these girls all over the place and looking forward to the state championships and just developing women's wrestling in my area. What in high California. school? Yeah, how are you going to get invested in in women's wrestling? Do you have a team already that you're going to coach? Um, that's a good question. So I'm a high school teacher, and I'm at Heritage High School. So I'm so lucky because I teach physical education. So I have all of the students are you know two thousand plus students go through my hands down in PE, whether it's me or my colleagues. But I see all these kids. I know most of the kids on campus because of what I teach, and it's super easy for me to talk to these kids and explain to them what I'm doing. And I also teach a little wrestling unit in my PE class, and it gets the interest up. And so for years, I've been teaching in this district for quite some time now, and they've been asking me to coach women's wrestling. In fact, they wanted me to coach like all the girls in the district. Um, but I just couldn't do it because I was so busy with my own daughters and I didn't want to miss out on all the sports and activities they were doing. So um, yeah, this has been a long time coming. And when I was at Thousand Oaks High School, uh, before I had kids, I started a girls program at that one high school. And that was 20 years ago. And I had 22 girls on my team just from one high school. And I took them up and down California. We went to Hawaii for a varsity tournament because they were already a varsity sport in Hawaii back then. And um, so we had so much fun and I had such a great program. And that was just from one school. So my plan is to start at Heritage High School, really build that up because those are my girls. That's my school. I'm super excited to be with um, girls who attend Heritage High School. But what I've also said is that I want to work with the girls in in our area, in our school district, in the surrounding areas. I wanna do some clinics. I wanna have a tournament. I wanna have them come in before the tournament, run a little clinic, have Afsoon and Trish come join me. Cause I did that at Thousand Oaks High School 20 years ago. They came in for my tournament and we ran a clinic before it even started. And, and that was 20 years ago. And we had over a hundred girls attend that. So I'm super excited just to get back and start doing those things again. What's the recruiting pitch to these girls? Do they understand women's wrestling is out there? Do you have to kind of sell them on the sport? Are they aware? Kind of take us through what it's like to actually get them out for wrestling. Uh, yeah, so it's not so foreign to them anymore because I think all the schools in this area have at least a couple girls. So they know it exists, but I don't think they know what it entails unless they've gone to a wrestling match. But how I sell it is um, if you want to learn a sport that will get you in the best shape of your life and it's the best form of self-defense, and if you want to have women empowerment, come join me. And I tell them a little bit about myself and my accomplishments and what it has brought to me and the opportunities it gave me. And also just how it's exploding now on the collegiate scene and the opportunity that they will have. So um, that's, that's how I'm gonna sell it. And I know I'm gonna get so many girls out. And California was one of those pioneer wrestling states for high school wrestling. What is the girls California state tournament like? Do they, it sounds like they really embrace it. Uh, it is amazing. So I was just there a few weeks ago and it was 
phenomenal just watching all these mats of girls wrestling and they look so amazing and their technique and their knowledge of the sport is fantastic so i was more intrigued with watching these girls matches even in the finals you had a girls match and a guys match side by side and you could tell so much of the crowd was watching the girls match because as things were happening you could hear the oohs and the ahs and it's like well, over here, we see a little bit of stalemate over here and they're just tying up and waiting for something to happen. There was just a lot of action on the girls' mat and it was fantastic wrestling. So I feel like we're heads and shoulders above some of these other states and that's exciting. It's exciting to be a part of California wrestling. It's fun to think about where we are now with college programs, Iowa ads, women's wrestling, NAIA championships are officially sanctioned. But let's go back to when you started. This was the true blue pioneer days when it wasn't accepted or even known at that point. Would you take us through that on why you decided to get into wrestling at that point when it really wasn't even uh, popular in any way to get participate in wrestling? Yes, I would love to tell you about that. It's one of my favorite stories. So um, growing up, I was always a tomboy playing with the boys and I wanted to play a sport that challenged me and that was different. So I'd always tell my dad, I'm going out for the football team because I'd play football out in the street with the boys and I was better than them. And he, every year he would tell me no and he would sign me up for Pop Warner cheerleading instead. And so when I got to high school, I knew he didn't have control over going to pay that money to put me in a league. I could just play for my high school. So the coach said, yeah, come on out. And then I told my dad, and he said, absolutely not, over my dead body. He's like, look, if you want to do something challenging, why don't you join the wrestling team? He goes, at least that way, it's just you and another person. You're a similar weight class. The referee's going to make sure you don't get hurt. He's like, if you're out on that football field, if they know you're a girl, they're going to come after you. They're going to try to hurt you, which, you know, it's pretty um, true to what he said. And uh, so I went to school. And I started talking about it. And at the time I was varsity softball, I was on uh, the cheerleading squad because that's what I grew up doing. But I happened to tell a couple of people, yeah, I'm thinking about going out for wrestling, but it was just sort of a thought that I was tossing around. But the varsity wrestler and the captain of the varsity wrestling team, he caught wind of this. So every day he would say, Shannon, when are you coming out? When are you coming out? So wrestling had started, I think they were two weeks into the season and he would not leave me alone. Every day, he was just hounding me. So finally, you know, I'm so glad he did because I don't know if I really would have like stepped into that room without him telling me, come, I want you to come out there. I want you to come into this wrestling room. So I finally showed up and the wrestling coach was just like, what is this girl doing in my room, right? This is back in 1987. So he was not pleased. He put his toughest kids on me. I think his thought was, I'm gonna have this girl get worked over all practice long so she never comes back. But I remember leaving that wrestling room that day and my hair was out to here. I was red, I was bruised. And I walked out of those doors and I was like, that was awesome. And I went back day after day after day, loved the sport, fell in love with it right away. And I love that it was an individual sport where I was in charge of my own destiny. And I really did get along well with the boys. They accepted me as part of their team. And I think it's because I went in there serious. I wasn't in there to be social. I wasn't in there just to like be different and cause a scene. Like I really wanted to learn wrestling and I trained hard and I worked hard and I won most of my matches. And then the, um, the, uh, coach of the team then became my biggest fan. He's like, oh, this girl's good. And oh, when I teach her something, she listens and she can actually do it out there and execute it out on the mat. And then it was great because my cheerleading squad would then come in to support me. But, you know, in turn, it was for all the boys out there wrestling. 
And it was great because we had never had cheerleaders at our match before. And then we had more people coming in to watch. And, uh, and it was just a really great positive experience for me. And I'm lucky. And I ended up being a captain my senior year. That's how much they embraced me. And I'm lucky because I was talking to some other women back in that time. They didn't have as easy or as positive as an experience as I did. But I just, I was very fortunate just to be surrounded with great athletes, great wrestlers, a great program, a coach who embraced me, a coach who made me a captain, a coach who took me seriously. So um, yeah, that's how I got started. So I wrestled just my junior and my senior year in high school. And then I thought, oh, I guess this is over because there's nothing else for me to go do now. Because I knew if I went to go wrestle in college, even at the junior college level, it would be against men. 18 year old men who had testosterone, who were developed, who were stronger and faster. And just, it would be hard for me at a, as a 110 pounder to go wrestle and compete against men who were cutting from 135 pounds down to 118. So when I went to college, I went and talked to the coach and he said, well, I want to be involved with wrestling. Like, I love this sport. This is my sport. What can I do? And he said, well, why don't you keep stats for us? And you can still be a part of the program. And so I did that for my first year in college until my dad found out about an all girls wrestling tournament that was in the Bay area. And he's like, Shannon, do you want to go? You can go train and go compete against all girls. That's all we knew. It was just a girls tournament and it gave me a chance to go compete again. So of course I said, yes. And we flew up and um, we flew into San Francisco and I went and competed in um, this tournament. It was just all girls. And I didn't know what to think because I'd never even wrestled a girl before. I never even trained with another girl, like in my whole area in Southern California, I went to Chafee high school, by the way. Um, I never saw another female wrestler ever in my two years. So going into this tournament, I was like, whoa, look at all these girls. And they all looked really like great athletes and super competitive. Uh, so wrestling in this tournament, um, it was strange for me because a lot of them were tying up differently. And quite a few of the girls that I competed against were trying to kick me and trying to do these foot sweeps on me. And I was like, wow, wow I don't understand what this is. But anyways, I ended up winning all my matches. And, um, and after I won the tournament, the tournament director came up to me and she said, you have now qualified to go to the world championships, to go compete in women's wrestling. And I was just floored. I had no idea that that's what I was doing. So come to find out it was like other girls in the area knew what they were doing. They knew what that tournament was. So a lot of judo girls had come over to try to make that transfer into wrestling because they started hearing about the opportunities. And it was like, you know, it was a, a world team trial to figure out who our best girls were to send them over to Sweden for the world championships. So just to put this in perspective, there were absolutely no women's college opportunities or even close to that until like 2000. Three-ish, right? Like early 2000s? Yeah, yeah, I would say the early 2000s because I moved up to Northern California in like 2004. And I know that's when Menlo um, started their girls wrestling program about that time. So they reached out to me knowing I moved to Northern California asking me if I'd like to coach their women's team. So that was like the first time I'd heard of a college program just for the girls. And uh, yeah, so I'd say early 2000s. And I started wrestling in 1987. So during that time, was there ever a point where you said, I, I just don't know about this? You, you were all in the whole time. Yeah, I was all in the whole time. I just loved the sport and I loved competing in it. I loved how it made me feel. I always felt like after wrestling, I always felt strong. I felt empowered. I felt like even if I was ever attacked, I would be able to defend myself. Um, I, I just really loved the sport. I loved the challenge, the fitness, the camaraderie. 
Uh, I loved everything about it and wanted to be involved at any level. So like I said, um, you know, when I thought my career was over after high school, I got, got involved keeping stats. And then I stumbled upon um, landing on the USA wrestling team. And so then I did that for eight years and I was, um, you know, number one in the nation for four years, I believe, four or five years, and then um, second in the world for four years. And so I did that a total of eight years. And when we didn't make it into the Olympics, I was like, that's what I was really holding out for because we thought it was going to happen in our time. And so that didn't happen. We didn't even during that time, we didn't really have any college opportunity. I went to Chico State for my undergrad and uh, I was super excited to be there because they had a great under arm and brett they had a great wrestling program so it's like oh i'm gonna have the best training partners because at that time i was on the usa team and right when i got there they dropped wrestling due to title nine so that was unfortunate because i know like those boys dispersed the better wrestlers took off and went to other schools and so that landed me back into the high school room and i just trained with the best high school kids around. So that's how I got my training. I wasn't a part of a college program when I was number one in the nation. That was the best I could do was do my college experience. Luckily, my professors were all um, intrigued with what I was doing and they were great about giving me my work on the road. So I'd be like, okay, I'm leaving for three weeks now because we need to go to the Olympic training center so I can be with all my teammates and the coach so we can have our time together for a week or two before we went and competed internationally. So they were awesome. It was just like, here's your work, take it with you. They knew it wasn't a collegiate program, but they knew what I was doing and supported it. And then luckily USA Wrestling um, developed their um, stipend program. So that gave me money so I could train and I didn't have to go to work. So I went to school, I trained on my own, I found my own wrestling partners, I coached at the high school so I could get keys, so I could always get into the room and train with kids year round. Um, Clint Wattenberg, thank you so much. You were a great training partner for me. Um, so yeah, so that's how I did it. That's how I got my training in. That's how I supported myself. And uh, it was like no college opportunity at all. Like we really were fending for ourselves, but the few times a year that we got to be together with our national coach and go compete. You have to tell us about going to the world championships for the first time and what that experience is like for you being over oh, there. Yeah. So I was super excited. Like I said, when they said you're going to Sweden, I had never even left the state before it, on an airplane. So um, the thought of flying to another country was very exciting to me. I was on top of the world. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. And so uh, we didn't get any money. We weren't funded for it. They said, you are eligible to go, but you've got to pay your own way there. So I went door to door, business to business. I had a newspaper article about me and I would go in, I'd be like, hi, my name is Shannon Williams. And I um, just um, got put on the USA wrestling team. I just earned my spa. I'm going you know, international to go compete, but I'm fundraising so I can get my ticket and do everything I need to do so I can go compete. Luckily, many of the businesses were kind enough to give me you know, $50, $100, a little bit of money here and there. And so I was able to collect enough money to go get over to Sweden. And then when I got there, you know, I'm meeting these girls I had never seen before. It was fun though, because it was with Afsoon and she's one of, she's like my sister. Um, we're like, I were identical. Every do we, everything we think, do, act, we're the same. We're just, yeah. So we had so much fun, met these new women. We're over there in another country. And then um, our manager shows up and they're like, okay, you guys, here's your warm ups. And they handed us these, like what I'm wearing now, just like these cotton sweats. You know, that's what they gave us. It's cotton sweats, like a hoodie. And it said USA on it. 
we're like, okay. I mean, we didn't know any better. And then we see the other countries starting to come in and they're on their nice warm-ups, their nylon warm-ups. Everybody's matching. Everybody's the same. They've got their own coaches. Uh, so we're just like, oh, we're looking kind of raggedy over here. But, we, you know, we were all just so happy to be there. It didn't phase me much at all. And then we got our singlets. And so we put our singlets on. And if you remember how singlets are in high school, a lot of them have changed now. But they used to drop really low on the sides. And so we get these singlets that they tried to make for women and they ended up going so high because they wanted to bring them up for us but we couldn't get into them we couldn't get into those armholes so we had to in sweden go find a seamstress who could take our singlets apart put them back together and uh yeah but i mean even all, all these hardships that we had i was still just on cloud nine that i got to compete in my sport and i was meeting all these girls and people from other countries it was super cool but yeah uh, wrestling has come a long way and the support of USA wrestling has come a long way. And then what was your training environment during that time? Were you working out with more women as you went along? Um, well, during that time for that first year, uh, what was great for me is um, I met a friend, Tom Rogers, and he was the coach at Lassen Junior College. So, you know, I was working with these boys in a room with the coach who took an interest in me and wanted me to get better and wanted me to go compete at the highest level I could. So at that time, I was living in Susanville training with some pretty good little wrestlers that um, helped me prepare for that world championships. And then talk about Asun Johnston a little bit. She was right there with you all those years. She was the first medalist for the United States. How did you guys build a bond and continue that bond throughout the years? Um, yeah, so uh, Afsoon was apparently wrestling in high school at the same time as me. She's one year younger, um, but she was in Northern California. So I just didn't know about her at all. And so, like I said, when I went to that all girls wrestling tournament, she was there and I remember seeing her and, you know, she, and she had really short, short curly hair and uh, her dad was there with her, you know, and there. Um, just really cute together. And I remember thinking it was pretty cool because she was from Iran and here she is doing this women's wrestling and like, you know, who does that when they're from Iran? So right away I took an interest in her and we just got along so well and we were close in weight. She would wrestle one weight class below me. So she was always a great wrestling partner for me. And so we just, we just hit it off from day one, first day in Sweden, everything that we did, all of our adventures, we all were just super close and continued on that journey for eight years together. And then even after wrestling was over, both Afsun and I ended up in Southern California. So we would invite each other over for our baby showers and our bridal showers and our weddings. And um, to this day, we get together. In fact, uh, for the nationals that I'm going to fly down to Las Vegas in a couple of weeks, I'm staying with her in her hotel room. And just recently when we did the California state championship, she stayed with me in my hotel room. So we just really enjoy our time together because we are so, we have so many common interests. We think the same things are funny. We, um, we just have, I think together, both of us bring a lot of positive energy into the room. When you look at your time in wrestling, actually competing, did you see changes for the positive as you went along the, the longer you went along? Oh, absolutely. Just even the eight years that I wrestled for US, USA, 
every year got better. And um, when we first started out, we had different coaches. Every tournament we'd go to, every international tournament, every nationals, world team trials, world championships. It was like, oh, here's your coach. This person's coaching you now. And thank you to all those coaches because, you know, not everybody wanted to coach women's wrestling at that time. So, you know, we had Sergio, we had Lee Allen, Joe Corso, Roy Oliver, Mike Dubrow. Uh, but towards the end, as things progressed, we tended to have um, Roy Oliver and Mike Dubrow consistently for a few years in a row. So we started to get some consistency. We um, were able to get more into the Olympic training centers to do our training before we headed out internationally. Um, we got, like I said, the stipend for the top three girls in the nation. They got that stipend each month to help them out so they could spend more time training. And uh, we definitely got better warm-ups, better singlets. And uh, as I was wrestling, I was picked up by Sunkiss Kids. So thank you, Art Martori. Um, and he really was just awesome in supporting me and making sure I had everything that I needed and get uh, to the tournaments I needed to go to. And then ASICS picked me up and they sponsored me. And so they um, were awesome because then I had, the biggest thing for me is it gave me an allowance each year to, to get my ASICS gear. So I'd always get a couple of new pairs of wrestling shoes, my running shoes, my warmups, workout gear. So yeah, so as it went along, I definitely got more support. Trisha Saunders, four-time world champion. She was part of that movement as well. So many women talk about her as being fundamental, not only on the mat, but off of it in advancing women's wrestling. What did she do to advance the sport? Oh, that is a great question. So not only, like you said, was she a fantastic wrestler, always just such a pleasure to watch her compete. Um, talk about methodical. That is Trish. Like everything she did, like she always knew what she, if this person did this, I'm going to do this. Like you could just see her brain working. She is probably one of the most intelligent women I've ever met. And she's not afraid to speak. So also I served on the USA Wrestling Board um, Committee and I was an athlete representative with Trish. So we'd go to these board meetings with all, you know, all the head honchos from USA Wrestling. And this is how I saw it. She was kind of like the bad cop and I was the good cop. She would come in and she would just be like, bah, 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 bah. And, and we need this, 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 and this. And why are you doing this, this, and this? And she would back some of those guys up into a corner where they were just like, um, I don't even know what to say right now because you're so smart. You're right. And I don't know what to say. And so I think a lot of times, you know, she just, she had to be that bad guy to fight for what we needed and what we wanted. And then I'd come in and smooth things out, you know, and just be like, gotta like women's wrestling. And, you know, this is what we're doing. And, and um, we're doing awesome things. And I would kind of smooth over their egos afterwards <laughs> just to make sure that they were on board with us, that, you know, women's wrestling's here, it's not going away and we're going to fight for everything. But yeah, um, she is a fighter and she is wicked smart and she would have it out with anybody in the room. Have you always been positive? Have you always had just that ability to just stay positive through everything? Yeah. Um, it's so funny uh, to think that uh, how I ended up this way, because I am, I just always want to see the glasses being half full and how I grew up, you know, I didn't have the best life. My parents got divorced at a young age. I went from my mom's house to my dad's house, didn't have a lot of money, but I was always just happy. And that's what I try to stress to kids. Like it doesn't matter what you have. And even if you're in a tough environment, you just always have to seek out the silver lining. Even when bad things happen to me, I'm like, okay, what is the silver lining? What is the learning experience here? Um, so I just always try to stay positive. And I feel like life's too short to be anything but happy and just embrace what's in front of you and make the best of it. 
So I've always had this disposition. When you go through a tough life and you have to go to, to different family members, how do you deal with that as a kid? Because if you do have a sunny disposition, are there times where it gets to you a little bit? Uh, not for me. I think, uh, like I said, I just tried to make the best of it. Um, as a matter of fact, like when I moved in with my dad and he started raising me, he was big into wrestling. Like I said, he was my biggest fan. He would be at everything, all my practices, all my matches where my mom wasn't. My mom, I think maybe came to watch me wrestle once or twice. She said it made her too nervous to watch me wrestle. And at back then, like she didn't even know why I was wrestling because women didn't wrestle. So she really wasn't there, but I didn't focus on that. I didn't focus on the fact like, oh, my mom's not here. I was just like, you know what? My dad's here. I've got support. I've got my teammates and I'm just going to make the best of it. And my teammates became my family. I mean, you spend that much time with them and, and the hard work that goes into it, you just feel empowered and supported. And yeah, I just leaned on the people who were in my life and who were there supporting me. And that was my team. And that was my dad. You hear these stories early on, and I don't know if when you were at the world championships that it happened this way, but instead of the outstanding wrestler, they would give the most beautiful wrestler and they would give kitchen appliances. Did you get in on that era? Was that? Oh, yeah. That's, um, that's the, those are favorite stories. Everybody wants to hear about those stories, but they're true. They did indeed happen. So the world championships that I competed in for the first time, the one in Sweden, you know, we were so excited to be there. We were so excited. And I took second place there and I was thrilled to be up on that podium and they would raise the flag and play our national anthem, give us flowers. I mean, they really were trying to do a fantastic job. They were trying to make sure that we felt supported and loved and here you go. We want to celebrate you. So after they, they did all that and gave us the flowers. Then they went down the row of the people who placed and gave us a box. Like, a, and so we all, a few of us meddled in that um, world championship. So we all went to the side and we're opening up our boxes. And we're like, oh, I got a toaster. Oh, I got a blender. And we were laughing. We were just like, oh my gosh. Like, are they trying to tell us that we belong in the kitchen? Like, why would they give us a, a kitchen appliance? But honestly, I was a starving student in college. I was like, I can use this thing. So again, I found the silver lining. I was super excited to have it, but that was the joke. Like, are they trying to tell us we belong in the kitchen? Um, so yeah, that happened in Sweden and that was the second world championships ever. And that was in 1990. And then the other one, what was the other one you asked me about? Oh, I, I think they gave out a most beautiful. Oh, most beautiful. Yeah, that one I did not like at all because it's like, are we here to wrestle? Are you taking us seriously? Like you want us to look beautiful out on the mat as we're competing. And that's catch 22 for me because as I work with my high school girls, anybody I've ever worked with, I always tell them, you can be who you are. Like if you want to be a tomboy, be a tomboy. If you want to be beautiful, be beautiful. If you want to wear makeup, wear makeup. Like it doesn't matter. You can be who you want to be and you can be a wrestler, right? So, and I encourage like for my girls who were, you know, feminine and, and wanted to do their hair and makeup, not necessarily for matches, but that's just who they were. I'm like, great, you can be a wrestler too. Um, but when you go compete, right? You're at the world championships. You're not thinking about, oh, do I look good? Let me look in the mirror. How do I look? So when they announced that, I can't even remember what country that happened in, but I remember just thinking, this is so degrading right now that these men, these referees, these coaches are looking at us in that way to decide who's the most beautiful. Yeah, so that that was very degrading. Um, did not enjoy that one bit. No one on the USA team appreciated that. I think some of the other girls from other teams were kind of like, 
oh, let me primp up a little bit. And maybe they thought it was like kind of a cool thing. But, you know, for us Americans, we were like, oh, no, 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 we don't we don't do this. <laughs> we don't want any part of it. When did you decide your wrestling career needed to be over as a competitor? Yeah, for me, it was I was trying to make it into the Olympics. I really like I was already a national champion. I was already, you know, world medalist several times over. And I really we were so close, like for all of us, for Afsoon and Trish and myself and Marie and Sandy Bacher, we we're all just like we were right there. Like if we if, uh, if it was an Olympic sport, we were the girls to go. Right. Like we would be the ones in the Olympics. So we were all holding out hope and. We, we were so sure it was going to get in, you know, and this is like in the late 90s, or sorry, yeah, late 90s. And we were so sure, and we were training, we were working hard, and we're like, this is our year, we're going to be in the Olympics. And then when it was announced that it wasn't happening, it didn't get pushed through, we were devastated because so many people told us it was. So many people told us, we've done everything we can, we've fought for you, we, we're representing women's wrestling, it's happening so to find out it wasn't happening was just very much a blow because my life was on hold. I had already graduated from college. I'd already had my degree. I wanted to start my career. Um, I had my longtime boyfriend. We were ready to get married and start a family. So when I heard that we weren't getting in, I was like, all right, I'm going to train and compete for one more year because I want to go out and do everything I can. I want to finish on top. And I was able to get one last world medal. Unfortunately, it was a silver. And the hard part about that one for me is that the girl that I lost to in the finals, had teched, had teched 10-0 the last time I had wrestled her. But over in that tournament the night before, I got this really bad tummy issue where my I felt like I was just like tied up in knots with knives stabbing me. I don't know if I had an ulcer at that time because it was at the end of my um, college and starting my career, but I, I, it happened to me a few times where I would get this incredible pain where I would just be like in a ball crying. And that happened to me the night before the final match. And so my match was in the morning the next day. I didn't sleep the whole night. I was in so much pain. So anyways, but I did end with that medal. And so that's what I did. I gave it one last year uh, before I knew like, okay, this is the next phase in my life. And that was to start my career, get married, start a family. And at that point in my time, I was already in my late 20s. So, you know, I had a really great run. I got to wrestle in high school. I got to compete on the women's USA team for eight years. And um, it, it, it just felt like a good time to retire. But I didn't retire from women's wrestling altogether. I stopped competing. But that's when I started coaching. So I took a cadet team to Poland. I, I actually was part of the staff, the coaching staff, when we won the world championships for the senior women's division. So I, I started coaching internationally with all of our top wrestlers, which was really cool. Like these girls were once my teammates. And then I was able to come in that next year and the year after as their coach. And, um, and that's when I started my women's program at Thousand Oaks High School. So I just phased into coaching so I could do, start my career as well. Um, and that's where I'm at in my life now. It's like, now I've got the time again. I'm ready to get back to it. Were you tuned in in 2004 when women's wrestling was implemented into the Olympics? Um, I was very excited, thrilled. You know, as a pioneer, you're like, this is all my hard work paying off. Yes. Yeah, so it was incredible. And I was so excited for the girls who got to go compete in the Olympics because half of them on the team were my teammates. I'm like, oh, but they were young enough. They were young enough to still have their career going and go. Yeah, so I was super excited for them. And I knew that, you know, for Trish and Afsuna and myself and Vicky Zuma, like we 
all were part of their journey. We were the pioneers to get them there. So yes, it was quite the celebration. And then you got to use your wrestling career on American Gladiators. How did you get on that show? Oh gosh, that was so exciting. So um, back then, it was early on in my wrestling. It was in the early 90s. Um, my boyfriend, who's actually the wrestling coach training me at the time, he wanted to go compete on the show. So there was a tryout. It was in Reno at the um, Arco Arena Center is where they were having the, this tour. That year, they were going around all the different states and doing a live tour. And he's like, I want to go do it. I'm going to do it. So um, I'm like, okay, fine. I didn't really watch the show at the time. So um, I was like, okay, let's, let's go do it. So I went down there and like the day before, I was like, why am I going to go cheer him on? Like, I'm going to bring my stuff too. And I'm going to try out too. So there was about 400, over 400 people there trying out and they picked four men and four women to compete in this live show. And unfortunately my boyfriend didn't make it, but I did. And I was excited about that. And he was too, he was super supportive. And then uh, I did the live tour in the Arco arena center with like 8,000 people. And they set up everything down the floor. And it's like, it was really cool to have this huge audience cheering you on. And I won that. So I beat the other girls and so then after they did their tour across the nation, they chose from their winners to go do the television show. So I got the phone call. We want to bring you in Studio City. We're going to house you for a month. And we're going to do this American Gladiator series. And uh, you're part of it. And during that time, I was turning 21. So it was super fun. Had my birthday down there, met incredible people, got to compete. And I felt like uh, I was like a kid let loose on a playground. It was super fun. Well, we mentioned earlier that NAIA championships are now officially sanctioned. Before that, it was the NAIA Invitational, but it's the first time women's wrestling will have a sanctioned championship. When you heard that news, what were your thoughts? My thoughts were, oh, this is really going to explode now. I mean, girls have so many opportunities. We have all these wonderful, you know, top-notch universities, prestigious universities implementing women's wrestling. But now to know that NAIA is doing this as well, I feel like even when I go start my wrestling program in this area, that's something I can really sell. Like, you are... If you fall in love with the sport, you can do it. There will be a college out there for you. It just really opens things up for women's wrestling to continue. You know, like for me to continue, fortunately, I was doing so well in our country that I was able to keep training and get that support because I was, you know, the always the top three in the nation. So if you're not doing that, you know, like what else you have? But now that's how it was when I was competing. But now it's like anybody, anybody, if you love the sport of wrestling and you want to pursue it and you want to work hard, there is something out there for you. There's a college out there that's going to want you to wrestle for them. So I think it's just going to explode women's wrestling. So where do you think you would have gone if college wrestling or women's college wrestling was around? Iowa. You would have gone there? Gone. Were you, did you get aware, like, what was your knowledge of wrestling history? How did that come about? Did you learn about the, the successful programs, the men's programs at the time? Uh, can you ask me that question again? Well, yeah. So when you were learning about wrestling, did you learn about some of the successful men's programs like Oklahoma State, Iowa? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So when I was wrestling on the women's USA team, even early on, it was like, oh, the Steiner boys or the brand boys like we knew and, and a lot of the guys who wrestled in Arizona like um Townsend Saunders and Sean Sheldon and all these amazing wrestlers and but in those certain pockets right so 
Yes, because those boys were always around us. And when we were training, um, we would see them, we would know them, um, Les Gutches and his uh, whole college experience. So yes, for the kid, the boys who were around us training because they were trying to make that senior national team and they were either just getting out of college or still in college, those were the ones that we got to know. We got to know about their programs and all the opportunities that they had. So who's your favorite wrestler? My favorite wrestler? Yeah, I mean, is there someone that you followed and it was your favorite uh, along the line, man or woman? Mm. Maybe, maybe one of each. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, John Smith. I loved watching John Smith wrestle that low single and just that he was a lightweight and always just so scrappy. Loved watching him. Loved watching Kendall Cross because he was unorthodox in the way that he wrestled and you never knew what was going to happen. Um, who else did I really enjoy? Um, oh, Dave Schultz, of course. I loved, loved, loved watching him compete. I loved being in his presence. Anywhere we were and he was there, there was always a crowd of people around him. He was just the kindest, sweetest man. And he always took the time to show us moves. In fact, one of my favorite moves to this day is, it, I call it the Schultz tilt because he taught it to me. And in so many of my matches, that's how I scored my points on the mat. Um, but, you know, even with the other countries, everywhere we went, the other countries, all of them wanted to be with him. And he embraced their cultures and he learned the Tai Chi and he learned like everything he could from whoever he was around. And I think he just had a way of making everybody feel special, like they were the most important person in the room, not him. Um, and his matches were always so fun to watch. So, yeah, those were some of my the guy wrestlers that I really loved watching. And then of course, during my time, it was all of us girls that we've been talking about, like Trish, like afternoon, Vicky Zumo. We don't hear enough about Vicky Zumo. Um, she was an amazing wrestler. She was on the national um, team for several years. Um, she has a world medal. Uh, she was just this feisty little thing that would come in. And so she came in after us. So I kind of took her in as my little sister. So when I was at the end of my college career, she was finishing up high school. And she was just this, cute, spunky little thing. She came with her little short hair, tomboy, so funny, but she wrestled very much um, just in a different style where she was low and the level changes and just the, the, she was like a cat. I mean, like she could just do these things that we hadn't really seen yet. Um, and and I, I just really appreciated her and I got a chance to compete against her. We went back and forth and who won and she was always fun to train with. And so, yeah, those, and those were the girls that I really enjoyed watching and competing with and training with. Let's finish with this, your, your advice on how we can continue to support women's wrestling and continue to grow the sport. So we're talking about NCAA programs and more Big Ten programs, more Power Five programs. How do we continue to do that? I think the best th way that we can do that is for all of us women who've ever been involved in the sport is giving back. And that's why I want to get back in the room and I want to give back. We all need to give back at some level, whether it's at the high school level, whether it's at the college level, Clarissa Chun, you know, all these women who are getting um, hired to coach college programs. That's how we're going to grow the sport. You know, we just need everybody to support it, to give back, to develop it, to get everybody, you know, just at that next level better technique, more opportunities. But yeah, it, it just takes everybody giving back, giving back to the sport. I know for me, it's a sport that changed my life, gave me so many opportunities. And um, I think it's important to always think about how can you give back to such a wonderful sport. 
Sounds like you'll be out in Las Vegas for the U.S. Open. So everyone look for Shannon and learn from her. So I appreciate you being on the show. I know this won't be the last time we talk, but thanks for sharing your story and look forward to seeing you soon. Okay. Thank you, Kyle. For Shannon Williams, I'm Kyle Klingman. You have been watching The Bader Show.